Welcome to Engineering Fields of Dreams podcast. We're here to share stories and professional experiences of engineers across disciplines and let you explore the amazing world of engineering. Each episode, you'll hear inspiring stories and advice from engineers, allowing you to learn from their successes and experiences. Whether you're an engineering student, a veteran engineer, or just curious about engineering, we invite you to join us and explore the amazing and ever-changing world of engineering. Welcome to this episode, Optimizing Systems and Collaborations, with our guest, Lawrence. Thank you for being here today, Lawrence. Would you please introduce yourself? Hi, my name is Lawrence Foster. I am a senior process engineer with Jacobs Engineering Group. Undergraduate degree was Santa Clara BSME, 1976, MBA from University of Portland, 1980, and then got most of the coursework for a PhD in artificial intelligence, Portland State University back in the eighties, before I changed jobs, changed states. Cool. I have been with Jacobs for 28 and a half years now. It's great to have you on the podcast today and excited to hear your story. Why did you choose this career? I've always been a tinkerer. My grandfather was an inventor. I just, <laughs> I'm the opposite of my father. My father's more like Jeremy Clarkson on top gear. Yes. Self-perceived mechanical abilities or exceed his actual mechanical abilities, but I don't know. I've always wanted to be an engineer. Come to find out it wasn't at all what I thought it was going to be, but you know, you're young. <laughs> so would you say that over the course of your career, the engineering field has changed? For my specific example, in the last 20 years, there's more computer-assisted design. We've gone from two-dimensional drawings, running things into things. I should note for the last 20 and a half years, I've been designing high purity systems for the wafer manufacturing, the semiconductor fabs, like the confidential client of bars down in Chandler for one. We did some of the initial latest generation factories for Taiwan Semiconductor back in the late nineties. We've done some preliminary stuff for Samsung. So basically looking at things, visualizing things in 3D now, 3D CAD modeling, and then plus you're not using a book for anything. Everything's on a, a, a formula someplace on the internet. For sure. So I think definitely electronic resources have definitely changed the workplace and also not just how we do work, but how we also communicate as well with our fellow coworkers and stuff. Yeah. The schedules have compressed quite a bit. There's a lot more pressure on staffing levels. So there's a lot more, at least in the semiconductor world. If you're comfortable, they're going to move the goal. Post. What is one thing that you know now that you wish you knew before graduation? I had a totally, I envisioned I was going to go to work for Boeing, you're designing a tailplane or something like that. And it turns out more or less, more of, most of what I do is arm waving, put this thing over here or figure out how to pipe this thing to that. Uh, a lot of what we do is what do you need? Where do you need it? Type stuff. There's nothing coursework related. The class I should have paid more attention to. Is typing in the seventh grade. You're constantly working on specifications and memos and PowerPoint presentations. I suppose that's more of my MBA than it is of the engineering degree. And before we started recording the podcast, you mentioned that communication has become a huge part of what you're doing and you're doing a lot less actual engineering work. 
Yeah, especially lately, everything now is canned. It's almost like a order of Chinese. You take one from column A, one from column B. The nuts and bolts, the details are more or less already set. We set them up 30 years ago and we just, okay, we're going to use this spec for this application. We may use this other standard design for this, but a lot of it's just mixing and matching. We're constantly shuffling the, the project teams from one project to another project. In some cases, different cultures where you're the, you're the only native English speaker in the room. What challenges does that present actually when you're working on such a team with people from a lot of different geographic regions? I've done projects in mainland China, Taiwan, Singapore. Is I'm in Israel right now. Not right now. I'm in states right today. But current projects, Israel, Ireland, I can't say it's a big cultural difference. But it, I don't know. It, I've done it for so long. You just have to respect the others. And it helps in an Asian culture because if you're older, they respect you. For sure. With all this global experience, I assume that you've probably had some challenging professional situations. And what did you learn from that? Nothing significant. I did learn one thing. Don't eat undercooked chicken the day before you make a, a major presentation to a prospective client in Singapore. Yes. I imagine that could cause. Yeah, that was uh, interesting standing up there and like, I'll be right back guys. Significant geez, professionally, I don't know. Nothing that comes to mind. There's been some technical things where I beat my head against the wall trying to fix a technical problem when I was doing wafer process development. And I can't think of anything. That's one of the questions I could not come up with a, a good story. Would you say that compared to the beginning of your career and your career now, that there's been some challenges with just how technology has impacted the workplace? and working on like interdisciplinary teams? No, I, for that thing, not so much. The projects have become more complex and quicker so that the project teams are much larger. So that's a little bit more of a challenge. When we did the first factories for Taiwan, so I'm not gonna grant Taiwan, there, was, there were eight of us and now that must be two, 250 people doing the design for that Intel project in, in Israel. But, you know, significantly, no technology. Yeah, you know, the computers are faster. The tools are better. The dynamics with the people. No, I wouldn't say there's a lot of difference there. Uh, typically, internationally, you're always dealing with the cream of the crop. You're not dealing with an average person. If they've got a job with, say, TSMC or, or Samsung, they're the cream of the crop. To wrap this up and get to the final question, what advice would you impart to a junior engineer just starting their career? You're going to make a lot of mistakes. You're going to think back on the stupid things you did when you were a year or two out of school. I, for one, never had a five-year plan or 10-year plan. Things just going to happen by serendipity. And uh, sometimes opportunities present themselves and you just have to jump on them. And sometimes, yeah, maybe not. Sometimes things turn out better than you think they're going to be. And sometimes they don't turn out anywhere near as well as you hope they would be. Well, at least for me personally, that's just, I never had a plan. Just kind of went with it and just kind of did best I could with what I had in front of me. For sure. And I think that's, you know, what everyone should always strive for is to do your best and deal with what's immediately in front of you. They say it's good advice to have long-term plans and stuff, but sometimes you just have to roll with the punches and deal with the now and not get up so hung up on a perfectly made plan. Yeah. You, 
study for the professional engineering test and take it as soon as you can. Cause the longer you wait, the harder it will be to pass. Yes. That's that I've heard that from several guests on the podcast of trying to get that out of the way, especially because things come up, people get married, they start having families, life gets in the way and it just gets harder and harder to do that actual certification. And you actually need the PE from an engineering standpoint. I did, I got it as soon as I could, but realistically, I never used it because internationally you don't stamp anything. I've used it a little bit more lately doing reviews for people, but yeah, get it done as quick as you can. Well, it's been a pleasure having you on the podcast today and thank you for so much for sharing your experience in the semiconductor industry. We'd like to thank today's guests for sharing their professional experience and career advice. We appreciate their insight and taking the time to share them with our audience. To you, the listener, thank you for joining us on this journey and exploring the ever-evolving world of engineering. We hope we've inspired you to pursue your dreams and ambitions. Let us know if there are topics or fields you'd like to hear more about. Until next time, we wish you the best of luck on your engineering journey. Thank you.